Amen, amen. What a great God He is. Amen. Uh, if you have your Bibles, remain standing, grab your Bibles, turn with me to Colossians chapter number 4. Colossians chapter number 4. Uh, if you don't know where Colossians is, the best place to look is in your table of contents. Look inside there and you will get down to 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. The 12th book in your New Testament, Old Testament, New Testament, 12th book of your New Testament. And so you turn over there to that book, Colossians, and then we're going to be in chapter number 4. Uh, if you didn't bring a Bible, um, or if you, let me say this, if you don't have a Bible, like you physically do not own a Bible, and you need one, and you can't afford it, that's fine. Uh, talk to me or one of the leaders afterward, we will get you a Bible, so you can have one in your hands, be able to look there. Um, but if you didn't bring your Bible with you, that's okay, or you don't have one, we're going to put it up here on the screen. So Colossians chapter number 4, if you're either looking in your Bible at Colossians 4, you're looking up on the screen, if you're there, say, I'm there. I'm there. Here we go. It says, continue in prayer and watch or be alert in the same with thanksgiving, with all or together with the rest with, praying also for us. Now this is Paul talking to this church at Colossae, but he's, ta- he's saying about, hey, you need to pray for us, that God would open unto us a door of utterance to speak the mystery of Christ, which I am also in bonds. And so there was, a, there was a ministry that he had to do, that I may make it manifest or make present, make plain, as I ought to speak, walk in wisdom towards them that are without, without Christ, the lost, redeeming the time. Let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that may know how ye ought to answer every man. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much. Thank you so much for your word. Thank you so much for how you're moving in this church. Thank you so much for how you're moving in my life. Uh, Lord God, you are real. You're real to me. Lord God, sometimes in my lowest of lows, Lord God, that's where you show yourself evident the most. So Lord God, I know there's probably people in this room, Lord God, that came with a lot of heavy burdens on their hearts. So Lord God, I pray that you would just give them what they need. Lord, as we talk about in just a minute and we look at a verse that talks about your grace, Lord, you just pour a little bit of extra grace on us today. And Lord, I pray as we wrap up this series, Lord, that there will be something that we can take from it and, and it can truly change our life so we can move, move, move forward and be a better witness for you. So Lord, we love you. We thank you for all these things your wonderful name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. Um, uh, go ahead and put, my, go and put, put the, uh, the slide up, the, the, uh, the series slide. You want to put that up there? We've got to say it one more time. I know you are, you are tired of saying it, but here we go. We're going to say it one more time. Ready? One, two, three overwhelmed overwhelmed now some of y'all are gonna be really excited when i say this this is the last week of the overwhelmed series this is the last week yes we're like yes thank you jesus okay overwhelmed now now this is actually week 10 of the overwhelmed series week 10 so that this is why some of y'all are feeling it because uh some of y'all have been more overwhelmed in the last 10 weeks than you have the whole entire year Okay? But overwhelmed, overwhelmed. We've been talking about this. We see this all in society. We're at, kind of at, at, our, at our limit, our wits in. We don't know what we're going to do. And so we're overwhelmed. And so we talked about it several weeks ago. We put up an order. We put up an order, okay? So here was the order. God, we want to make God first, not just, not just as one of the, the list, but he, he needs to be first in everything. Then we talked about in the, in the weeks prior or weeks after, how do we make our spouse a priority? 
How do we make our kids and family priority? How do we make work a priority? And how do we make ministry a priority? And we put these in order so that we made sure we didn't get things out of order. Uh, but that number five, for whatever reason, we took one week on the spouse, one week on the kids, and one week on work, but we're now three weeks into ministry. Uh, so uh, it, it seems like we've, we've had one message that has taken three weeks to get through, okay? And so that message was, we started with, uh, actually that was, this was two weeks before Christmas, go ahead and put that, that up there, the title of the message, Save to Save to Serve. Save to serve. And for whatever reason, God kept us in this, in this area for three weeks. And it, what's interesting is we talked about ministry, but we also talked about a lot of other things. In these, and we talked about masks, and we talked about the fact that we, we don't need to be in bondage anymore. And all that, kind of, and all that came out of talking out of ministry. And even today, God's going to kind of help us in more, in more ways than that. So save to serve. So let's kind of review over what we talked about over the past several weeks. Uh, one, we talked about gifts, spiritual gifts. If you're saved, you've been given a spiritual gift. You've been given a spiritual gift. And so we talked about those gifts that you have. And here's what we talked about. A, where do gifts come from? We recognize that gifts come from God. It's not what we pick, it's what God gives us, okay? They're gifts, they come directly from God. B, B, and there's other verses. You can go back and listen to the message or watch the message to see the, see the verses that go along with this. What are the gifts? We talk about the different gifts. I'm going to try to name them out. I'll probably mess them up. But I think it's, it's prophecy, and then it's teaching, and then it's uh, exhortation, uh, mercy, giving, ruling, and I'm missing one. Um, ministry. Okay, there you go. All right, so I got them all for seven. All right. Uh, so what are the gifts? Those are the gifts. So we know the particular what the gifts are. C, the last question we answered in that message was, what's the purpose of the gifts? Well, the, the ultimate purpose of your gifts is to glorify God. But the reason why you have these gifts is the verse says to profit with all or to benefit the rest, or benefit together with. The reason why God gave you a gift was not for your benefit, but for the benefit of everyone else. And so if we have these gifts, we need to be utilizing these gifts, not for our benefit, for the benefit of someone else. Okay, so that's, we took a whole week just to talk about gifts. Then the week before Christmas, we number two, we talked about ministry. We talked about ministry. Now, this is not the gift of ministry. This is the, 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 the task the functions that we do from the standpoint of what we do for God, ministry. And we talked about how there's ministry at the home, there's ministry at work, there's ministry at Walmart. Can I get a witness there, all right? Some of you are giving some ministry to Walmart, <laughs> leading up to Christmas, all right? Um, and, and if you're in the church, there's ministry there. So everywhere we go, we should minister, and wherever we are, we need to minister into it, or, or do ministry there. And so we talked about a couple things about ministry. Number one, stewardship, not ownership. That, that, that I'm, to, I'm not the owner of my gift, I'm not the owner of a ministry, I'm to steward it. And steward means to manage it. So I, I need to manage this or steward this because the owner, God, has given it to me. And re- in reality, the one who decides how I use that gift is the owner, and that's God. And so I'm just stewarding or managing what he's given me. B, we talked about faithfulness before service. We talked about how really before we serve, we need to be faithful. And then we even talked about how there's some people that unfortunately they were faithful and that's what, 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 why we wanted them to serve. But then when they started serving, they stopped being as faithful. Faithfulness before service. That faithfulness, that, that Paul said that uh, I thank Christ Jesus who hath enabled me, that he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. And then C, C we talked about equipping and supplying. 
equipping and supplying. That really my primary role, the leader's primary role here, is to equip you so that you can supply the need from the standpoint of the ministry. Talked about joints fitly together and everybody doing their part and all that kind of stuff. Now, before we move on to, to C, or to, to number three, uh, one thing I forgot to tell you two weeks ago is I was like, hey, we need every one of you to serve. Get out your Connect card, fill it out, put volunteer to serve. The only problem I had is I didn't tell where you put it. I didn't tell you where to put it. So I know a bunch of y'all have Connect cards that you're like, where do I need to take this, Buchanan? All right, so if you want to serve, what you need to do is just fill that out. It's in your bulletin. You're like, I didn't get a bulletin. They're by the offering box. Check volunteer to serve on a team. Put it in the offering box. Someone will call you this week and get you plugged into service, okay? All right, so. We're going to finish up this one. Now, uh, I'm going to say this real quick. There are actually two messages today. Two of them. My gosh, okay. We're going to finish up this, this, this one, and then we'll go into a new one. Okay, number three. Number three. When we come, come talk about uh, save to serve, calling. Calling. All right, so, so, so we talked about gifts, that every single person that's saved has a spiritual gift. We talked about ministry, that, that, that we need to be ministering. We need to have a task, a function that we're doing in every single area of our life. But what happens is, if we do it, if we, if we start serving, if we do it faithfully, if we find our gift, we start developing it, eventually what will happen is that this will not look as much like a ministry as it looks like a calling. A calling. Now, I'm going to explain this a little bit. A calling, because somebody say, well, uh, uh, Buchanan, you have a calling on your life because you're a pastor, okay? Or in the, in somebody, we're about, I'm going to let you all hear from in just a minute. Well, they have a calling in life because they're, they're, you know, they're serving in this organization or, or doing whatever. They have a particular calling. But Buchanan, I don't have a calling. That's just for special people. <laughs> let me help you with this. I'm not special, okay? <laughs> what I want to help you with is that really every single one of us in here that what you're doing for God can look more like a calling than just a ministry. It can look more than just I'm on the schedule to serve or there's a volunteer spot to fill. What it, and here's how, here's how it changes. And here's how it changed for me. It went from I should do it to I want to do it to I must do it. That this is what God has called me to do. I must do this. What happens is it, 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 at the beginning it almost looks like you picked it but once it moves to a calling, it's almost like it picked you, okay? So that, uh, the, that's how we're going to kind of wrap up the save to serve thing is to understand that, okay, you have a gift and you have a ministry to do, but that ministry could, or I could even say this should, but move to a point to where it's a calling on your life. And so I know you are tired of hearing from me, right? Already, because I, I remember I'm getting another message. So I'm going to invite Tim Barber to come on up here. He's going to share a little bit with us. So everybody give it up for Tim. And he's going to talk a little bit about his calling. All right. Um, I was saved as a, a, a later teen, I guess you'd call, about 18, 19 years old. Um, but I went to the Army, went overseas, and pretty much left God here. But after that, living... And when I got out, I lived for almost five years in tents. I've lived in my car. I've lived on people's couches. I've lived anywhere that I could find a spot to get in is where I went. Um, 2007, God finally got my, my attention. Finally, really, after a chain of events, got my attention pretty hard. And I had to beg my parents for about a good month to come and pick me up, to bring me back to Alabama so I can start over. 
Well, they finally came down, got me, brought me back up here. And I started going to Temple Baptist in, in the Coma campus then and gave my life back to God January 16th, 2008. Um, from that point, didn't know where I needed to go. Broken. I mean, felt like the lowest of the low. Didn't know where I could serve. Didn't know if I could even serve. Would anybody want me to serve? Had no idea. But I started out asking, where can I go? And I got pretty quickly chosen for the care ministry, um, which is like the welcome team for the FTAs that we do here. Um, <clears throat> from there, the uh, missionaries that would come into church, you, you start listening to them. You kind of see their stories and, and what kind of people they're helping and how they're doing things. Man, that would, my heart would be thumping. You know, am I, do I need to get up? Do I need, what do I need to do? And it, it just slowly came to, I need to start helping the homeless. And then talking to uh, Chris O'Neill, which was a missions and outreach pastor at the time, about starting some kind of a homeless ministry here in Coleman. And yes, everybody's like homeless. There's no homeless people here. There's a lot. There's a lot. Um, that's when God moved Travis and April Sharp to uh, Coleman, and he's a missionary to the homeless. Got hooked up with them. Um, I think the first time we went down to Birmingham was Chris O'Neill, Greg Thrower, myself, and Travis going through Birmingham trying to visit different tent sites and different people, and, and Travis driving down the street, slams on his brakes, jumps out of the Suburban, said, come on, Tim. And I, I didn't know if we were running from cops or what we were doing. I had no idea what he had. I didn't know what was going on. So I'm running down this alleyway with him, and there's this guy. This guy was digging in the dumpster. He pulled out a half-eaten sandwich and some old stale chips that he was going to have for his dinner. That right there, God's like, see, I told you. I got something for you. Saw that guy and how Travis ministered to that guy and how he showed love to him. And that kind of solidified exactly what I... Now, that was back in 2009. Been uh, mentoring with Travis ever since. Um, Unsheltered International started out of their motorhome, out of their little camper right there um, that they lived in for a while. Um, we started Unsheltered in January 1st, 2011. And have officially been doing homeless ministry since then. And I mean, has it been great and wonderful the whole time? No. But you put God first in everything you're doing. You remember who you're doing it for. Because I'm not doing it for me. But I'm trying to reach those that were me. Because I got skipped over. I didn't know anything about people coming out to visit people at tents. Never saw that. So in Unshelter, I have been able to give people Bibles been able to visit tent cities, been able to give out reading glasses and clothes and cook meals and anything you can think of at a resource clinic, setting stuff up, tearing stuff down, logistics, getting it from point A to point B and back all in one piece. Um, now I'm an event coordinator within shelter, which means I can go to a church that we help for a resource clinic like six months ahead of time. It takes a lot of work to build up to the clinics, go there help them help the pastor get all the stuff together that they need the day of the event, make sure everything's running good, running smooth, and then even the follow-up afterwards with the birth certificates and making sure those get out to the people that, that need the birth certificates to whatever a pastor of the church needs. That's what we're here for, is to help them. Plus, you know, we do ministry here around Coleman all the time, all the time. I am able to help with the FTAs here. I help with the greeting team here. I'm enrolled in Bible college now. 
from a guy out of a tent that thought I was worthless, that nobody could ever use me for nothing. God said, you know what? Come on, I love you. I'm going to pick you up. I'm going to put your feet on a rock. And he's just established my goings from then. And so that's where we are today, that if we allow God to work through us and not so much us working through God, I guess is the best way to put that, then, I mean, there's no telling where you could go. No telling what you could do. But I know God's in charge. And if we keep it that way, he can do some mighty works. Mighty works. Thank you. And, and here's why I want to help you with that. And the reason why I share that, share that story is he just started with just going and helping a homeless person. And just because he had that, you know, I, I've been in that situation, I'm going to help them. And then it just grew and grew and grew and grew and grew. And, and, and sometimes y'all don't see Tim here. And you're like, where's Tim? Like, is he just laying out, whatever? No, he's in Baltimore, Maryland. He's in Bristol, Tennessee. He's in uh, New Orleans, Louisiana. He's in Cincinnati, Ohio. He's doing resource clinics. I did seven last year, hopefully for more next year. But he's, this is where he is because, and, and, and Tim has said this to me before. He's like, I just want you to know I love this church. But unsheltered is number one. So I'm going to, if, if unsheltered needs me, I'm going to go that way. And so I think Tim can very much agree that it, was, it started with, you know, I should do this to I want to do this, that I must do this. And so, and, and be praying for Tim. Um, this, this event coordinator, this event coordinator could turn into where it could be more of a full-time gig for him. Um, and that, that's going to take, first of all, um, just from the standpoint of, of, of uh, as the ministry grows, but then also from the standpoint of the financial need there. And so just how, how we are going to be a part of that, what God's going to do in that way. So just be praying for Tim and his family and all that kind of stuff. But like I said, this is a calling for him. It's, when I say this, it, it, it doesn't feel like so much you picked, you picked it as much as now it's picked you. This is what I have to do. I must do this, okay? And so that's really cool. My story is very similar. Um, not in that way, okay? But I, I, when I, I got saved when I was 16, 17, I was in my youth ministry. I lo- loved it, enjoyed it, the whole deal. Um, and so I kind of felt like, man, this would be kind of cool to do student ministry and all this kind of stuff. So I told my youth pastor, uh, my senior year of high school, he gave me a Sunday school class. I failed miserably. Um, it's bad when you're late to Sunday school and you're the teacher, okay? <laughs> and it's also really bad when um, you're, you're trying to teach them and they're teaching you more. But sometimes that's just the way it works, okay? Um, but kind of, I, I, I went to college and um, ministry was kind of on the radar, but not really. Um, got a full-time job working at Cracker Barrel, then I worked at a bank and all this kind of stuff. And it's just kind of like, you know, maybe one day God will use me. And at 16 years ago, I went to Temple Baptist Church um, and, and started going there. I uh, got involved in the care ministry, okay, started working with first-time attenders. Uh, went in the, in the young couple Sunday school class. And uh, the young couple, couple Sunday school class uh, was this. There was, there was a husband and wife. And they were the teachers, and it was Buchanan and Katie, and we were the students, okay? That was the young couples class. And so about six months in, uh, they actually moved to Florida, and so I guess for process of elimination, they said, hey, Buchanan, will you, will you teach the young couples Sunday school class? So I did that, and that grew, and that was really good. Um, uh, started helping with the, the student ministry a little bit, um, then was over the student ministry for like six years. Um, all of this in, in, a, in, a, in a volunteer capacity. I've only worked as a full-time um, paid staff member for five years. I've been at Temple for 16 years, but only five of it has been in a full-time capacity. But did the students for six years. Um, things were not going great in the student ministry. Didn't feel like we'd get any momentum. But we started this thing called Life Groups. 
And so I talked to, to Brother Malcolm Carter, and I said, hey, looks like every, the only thing that's going right is my life group. And he said, well, why don't you lead that ministry? So I transitioned out of students and into life groups, did life groups for six years. Uh, and then uh, a, a little over three years ago, they approached me about coming out here, and, and here I am now. But I say all that to say this. This wasn't on the radar 16 years ago of being the pastor at Fairview, okay? That wasn't on the radar. And I'm not saying that in, a, in an ugly way because I love y'all, okay? But what I'm saying is it wasn't on the radar, but it was just, you know what? You know what? I've been gifted. There's a ministry. And, and here's what, I didn't say this in the first service, but some of you are like, Buchanan, it seems like you're, you, you have something to say about every single ministry here. Yeah, because I've been in every single ministry here. Like, I've been, like my wife and I, we've, we've, we've done the nursery and held babies. She took care of the diapers, okay? All right? Um, but I've done that. I've, I've, I've worked in sights and sound. I've been in the choir. I can sing some, all right? Okay? Uh, I worked with teenagers. I've been in life groups, done, done missions and outreach. I've, every single area I've, I've served in, and it wasn't because I was like, man, I want to get all this experience because one day I'm going to lead Fairview. It was just, you know what? I'm just going to step into the opportunities that God gives me. And it turned from you have a gift to there's ministry to be done to it's become a calling for my life. All right, you ready for a commercial? Here's a commercial break, all right, before we get to the next message. All right, here we go. Um, I want to introduce a new ministry, a brand new ministry. We're going to be starting um, up in the 2020. It's called Disciples Making Disciples, okay? Now, this is, this, is a, this is something the Coleman campus is doing, but it's not a Coleman campus thing, okay? It's actually a, a program outside of, a, of the Timothy Initiative, TTI. Some of y'all remember maybe uh, about two years ago, we had Brother David Nelms here, all kinds of stuff. They're doing stuff all over internationally, but there's some stuff that we can do locally um, that, that is making a huge impact, and it's not something that's like, hey, hey, Fairview campus, y'all do this because we did this. No, this is something that I saw. For myself, like, man, I'm bought into this. This is awesome, okay? Uh, now, you're like, what is Disciples Making Disciples? Uh, come next week and find out. Uh, really, what I want you to do is I want you, uh, we're going to have a meeting, an interest meeting, next Sunday night at 5 p.m. in the mod. Next Sunday night, 5 p.m. at the mod. Now, here's, here I want to kind of give you, like, wh- what is this going to look like? What does this mean, Buchanan? I want to give you two verses to help you kind of maybe think about maybe the direction we're going. The first verse, Matthew 28, very familiar passage if you've been in church for any period of time. It's called the Great Commission. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Verse 19, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Verse 20, Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. Amen. Men, okay? And if you want to really kind of summarize this into one thing, is go and make disciples. Go and make disciples, all right? But we want to take that, uh, take that a little bit further. Uh, 2 Timothy 2.2. 2. 2 Timothy 2.2. 2, and the things, this is Paul saying that, Paul, Paul is saying to Timothy, and the things which thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. So it's not just about going and winning, but how do, we, how do we make disciples who then make disciples who make disciples? Because Paul was making a disciple of Timothy. Timothy was supposed to make a disciple of faithful men who in turn would then make disciples of others as well. So that's all I'm going to tell you, okay? So you're like, Buchanan, please tell me more. Come to the meeting. Sunday, next Sunday, 5 o'clock, we'll give you all the details about it, and then you'll make a decision if you want to be a part of this or not, okay? Does that sound good? Commercial breakover. All right. 
Message number two. Ready? Message number two. Message number two. All right. What about, say it with me. What about me? And what's interesting in, 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 in this overwhelmed series, I can't tell you how many people have come up to me and saying, hey, Buchanan, I love your list, but something's missing. Something's missing. What about, say it with me, me. What about me? Like, I'm the one who feels overwhelmed. What about me? Shouldn't I make myself a priority? Like, doesn't that need to be the case that, that in order for me not to feel so overwhelmed all the time, that I've got to be the priority? I've got, you know, I know my spouse needs to be priority, and I know God needs to be priority, and my kids and work and ministry, but what about, say it with me, me? What about me? And, and, and my natural tendency is to say, yes. You should take care of yourself. You should, it should be about you. Make yourself number one. All that kind of stuff. But then this is what Jesus said. This is what Jesus said to his disciples. This is what Jesus said to his disciples. Mark 8, 34. It says, when he called the people unto him with his disciples also. Now, he didn't just tell the disciples. It was all the people around. Hey, y'all gather around real quick. Y'all listen up, okay? He said unto them, whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me verse 35 let's keep on going for whosoever will save his life shall lose it but whosoever shall lose his life for my sake and the gospels the same shall save it verse 36 for what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul go back to verse 34 go back to verse 34 whosoever will come after me let him deny Himself. Himself. Buchanan, when do I make the list? According to Jesus, you don't. <laughs> you don't make the list. Now here, let, let's explain that for just a minute, okay? Now, why do we not make the list? Because when we focus on self, we have a tendency to drift towards something. We have a tendency to drift towards selfishness. Selfishness. Okay? When it's all about me, then, it, then, it's, then when, it, when, it's, when it's about me, then it becomes all about me, then it's consumed by me, and it's all about me, 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 me. And so what Jesus is saying, look, if you're going to follow after me, you've got to say, you know what, I'm done with myself, I've got to deny myself, and I've got to follow after me. It's really hard. What we have to understand is we have to deny ourselves and choose God. Because if, if, we, if, we, if we choose ourselves, in reality, what are we doing? Denying God. Okay? Now, with that said, there's two things I want to, to, to kind of hit on last thing, last final words of this overwhelmed series. Because we have to understand this when it comes to being overwhelmed. Two things. One is, we need to understand our limits. And two, we need to understand the importance of rest. Okay? Now, some of you are already like, wait a minute, Buchanan, that sounds like I'm taking care of myself. Now, I'm going to give you a biblical perspective on why those are the two things. We have limits, and we must rest. We have limits, and we must rest. Let's talk about the first one. We have limits. We have limits. Let's look at our verse. Let's look at our verse. And he said unto me, now, th now th this is 2 Corinthians 12. This is a, a letter written by Paul to the, to the church at Corinth. And he's talking about this thorn in the flesh. He's talking about this thorn in the flesh. And, and we don't know exactly what that is, what that thorn in the flesh is, okay? There's a lot of people that, that hypothesize all these different things and have all these commentaries and opinions, but we have no clue what it is. 
But for whatever reason, and, and, and part of it was because Paul saw a lot of stuff that nobody else would see, okay? But, but, but to keep him humble and to keep him in this place, that, that there was this thorn in his flesh, but he didn't like it. And he went to God and said, look, I don't want this thorn. I don't want this thorn. I don't want this thorn. How many of y'all wish God would just take some stuff out of your life? Can I get an amen? amen? Please, God, if you love me, take it out, okay? But God wouldn't do that. God wouldn't do that. And here's what he said. This is what Jesus said to him. He said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect. What's that next word? In, in weakness. In weakness. Most gladly, therefore, would I rather glory, glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Verse 10. Notice what he, what he said. What he says is that, therefore, I take pleasure. This is a hard list to take pleasure in. I take pleasure in infirmities in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses, for whose sake? Christ's sake. For when I am what? Weak, then am I strong. We have limits. We have limits. Now, here's the thing. We don't operate in that way. We don't operate like we have limits. We operate in a way that, you know what? I can handle it. Give me some more. I can carry the load. It's all right. I'll just keep pulling it on me, put it on me, put it on me. I'll carry it like a huge old, you know, like I'm about to die, whatever. Come on, give me some more. Give me some more, right? Okay, all right. I was talking to somebody earlier. Probably the two greatest words that that are phrases that we could ever say. One is the word no. Say it with me. No, okay. And the other one would be I don't know. Okay, those are two freeing, uh, a word and a phrase that's so freeing, right? Because we have to say yes to everybody and yes to everything, and it's got to be, i got to take this and take that, all that kind of stuff, and then we got to know it all and have all the answers all the time. But both of those, either, either saying yes or having all the answers, all it is is a heavy weight we have to carry. And here's what happened. And I'm being real, I'm going to be really super transparent with y'all. Really super transparent with y'all. Because I got to a place where I realized that I had limits. That I was, I, was, I was talking about a message about us being overwhelmed. I was saying the reason why we're overwhelmed is our fault. But guess what? I was doing every single little situation, every little circumstance, every little whatever. I kept on just piling it on and piling it on and piling it on. The Thursday before Christmas services. Thursday before Christmas services, I had an emotional breakdown. Now, it, it manifested itself in two ways. One, in anger. One, in anger. And I hate who it went, it went after. It was actually towards Riley, my oldest son, Riley. I was angry. I was angry. And, I, and I, I yelled and screamed and lost my mind and just I, I'm, I'm embarrassed to even talk about it because I'm so ashamed of myself that I let it. But it, you know what? He was the closest victim. And here's what the, what the deal was. The reason why I was frustrated, the reason why I was mad, the reason why I was angry, because I just needed some help. And he was, the, he, he was the bearer of it. So here we go. It manifests itself in anger. And then after that, when I realized what had happened and realizing just the weight of what I did, I, for, for 30 to 45 minutes, I was uncontrollably crying. Now some of you are like, Buchanan, why did you say that? Why did you say that? Let me tell you, help you this. One, it wasn't to get your pity. And I'm not trying to say it in an ugly way. I'm not wanting y'all to pity me and say, oh, Buchanan, I didn't know you had it so hard. We love you and all that kind of stuff. 
Some of y'all may lose respect for me because I said that. That, you know what, I just, I just had an emotional breakdown. But here's why I'm sharing that. Because you know what? I have limits. I have limits. And unfortunately, it manifests itself in a very ugly way because I was just going to keep on accusing. You won't even believe this. When I, so, so here I am. This, this, this whole thing with Riley's happening. Katie actually gets home because it's just me and Riley there. She's like, what's going on? And I'm in the bathroom crying. She's like, what's going on? And here's what I said. I feel so, guess what I said? I feel so overwhelmed. Those came out of my mouth. I feel so overwhelmed. But I had to realize something. I had to realize something. I have limits. Here's what, I want to help you all with this because not all the time, but in a lot of ways, some of the, some of the church things are kind of weigh on me and everything like that. And I want you to know that this church, I, 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 it's, like, it's like it's my baby, Okay? It's my baby. So if you're critical of my baby, I don't like you. Okay? <laughs> like, I'm mad about that. Like, but, but if somebody doesn't like my baby, if somebody doesn't, doesn't, you know, if somebody doesn't like my baby, if somebody moves on to a different baby, you know what I mean? Like, it's my baby. And sometimes what happens is I take it personally. And I'm not trying to. I'm really not trying to take it personally. I just can't help it. But here's what I had to figure out. You know what? I can't, I can't, I can't carry the burdens of this church. I can't carry the burdens of my family. I can't carry the burdens of work. And I know you're like, well, you work at the church. I promise you, ministry and work is different, okay? All right? But I can't carry all those burdens. I have limits. I have limits. And I have to understand that here's the the deal. I thought I could handle it when God is saying you can't handle it. And here's the deal. When I recognize, because here's what we do. God, why are you allowing this stuff to happen in my life? Why I'm so overwhelmed. Why is this happening? And God is saying, great. Now you recognize you're weak. Now you recognize you need me. Because here's what God's saying. I didn't tell you to carry that. I didn't tell you to do that. I didn't, that, that situation, that circumstance, that person, all that kind of stuff. I was handling all that, Buchanan. But you had to put it all on you. But we have limits. What's encouraging about this part of this message is that, guess what? We serve a limitless God. We serve a limitless God. So when I recognize, and that's what's really cool about it, it's not, when, when I recognize my weakness, it's not that I'd be, no, now that I've recognized my weakness, now I'm that much stronger. No, when I'm weak, then he looks really what? Strong. But unfortunately, what we do, we live our lives like, you know what? I'm the strong man. No, you're not. No, I'm not either. Nobody in here is strong on their own. You may say, but Ken, I'm, I'm, I'm carrying it pretty well. You are right now. You are right now. Some of y'all, this is what's, what's interesting. Some of y'all either have been at that point that I just described about what I did on Thursday afternoon, and some of y'all are this close. You're this close. Well, I'm, I'm keeping it together, Buchanan. I'm all good. Yeah, are you? Are you? Are you a ticking time bomb about to explode? We have limits. We have limits. Now, that sounds like we need to take care of ourselves. No, we need to recognize that we are limited in what we can and cannot do. And that God is a limitless God. And in so many different ways, when we have situations and circumstances that tend to weigh us down, here's what the Bible says. It says, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. That what we need to do is get all those burdens, all those difficulties. And it's hard. Now, I don't know how women, women probably do it worse than men. I don't know, but I'm not one, so I don't know. But us men, we take it on big time. And sometimes we need to come to God and say, you know what, God? I'm weak. I can't do this. I don't know how I'm going to get through. God, will you help me? 
And I promise you, I promise you, I promise you, that's, if, you if you believe the Bible, do we believe the Bible? Say amen. We believe the Bible. It's only when we become weak that he looks strong. Now, number two. Number two. We must rest. Number two. We must rest. Again, you're thinking at the beginning, this sounds like a, I've got to take care of myself and all that kind of stuff. But from the biblical perspective, why do we need to rest? Why do we need to rest? Let's go to the very beginning. Let's go to the very beginning. Okay? Genesis 2.2. And on the seventh day, okay, so in Genesis 1, where it, God's creating the heavens and the earth and all that kind of stuff. And then here's what happens. On the seventh day, God ended his work, which he had made. And he, what's that next word? He rested on the seventh day from all his works, which he had made. Now, let me help you with this. Let me help you with this. God didn't need the rest. Okay, God didn't need the rest. You know why? Because he's God. He doesn't need the rest, Okay. Let me help you with this. He, he didn't have to do it in six literal days, okay? He could have done it in a moment, all right? But, 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 but we see a, a principle, a pattern here that it's God worked for six days and then rested on the seventh. He worked for six days and then rested on the seventh, okay? So we see a pattern there that we're supposed to work six days and rest on the seventh. Work six days and rest on the seventh. Now, some of y'all, here's, here's the problem, is we're working seven days. And we'll just catch some rest when we can. No, there's a, there's a, there's a rhythm that needs to be to our life, that we work, we work hard. Uh, can I get an amen with it? We're, we need to work hard. Work hard. Six days work, but seven, seventh day rest. And, and here's my thing about that, is don't even get caught up from the standpoint of the day as much as our own bodies. Like, some of y'all, you, you haven't slept a wink in weeks. Like, that's bad. Like, your body's going to shut down because you need that rest, okay, even the way our bodies are constructed, all right? But notice this, verse 3, verse 3. And God blessed the seventh day, and what's that next word? Sanctified it, because that, that in it he had rested from all his works which God created and made. That word sanctified means make holy, make holy. Now, here's what's really cool about this. Here's what's really cool about this, okay? When we rest, it is a holy discipline. It is a holy discipline. He sanctified it. He made it holy so that when we rest, it is a holy discipline that we need in our life. And so here, again, you're like, well, th- so you're saying I need to rest because I need to take care of myself? No, you need to rest because God made it holy. And because God made it holy, what you need to understand is if you don't rest, let me help you with this. If you don't rest, that's actually disobedience to God because he made it holy. Does that make sense? Okay. So why do we rest? Because God gave us a pattern. And because God said we need to work six days and rest, we should rest as well. Let's see what Jesus said. Let's see what Jesus said. He said, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. Let me, let, me, let, me, let me paraphrase that right there, okay? I'm going to put one word in there. Come unto me, all ye that are overwhelmed. How about that, okay? That labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you, what's that word? Rest. Rest. We must rest. What about me? We, ha- I, we have limits, and we must rest. And, and, and the reason why I say all that is because here's what's going on. Is over these, over these past several weeks, there's been things that God has asked you specifically to do. Specifically to change. And what you've done is you're like, you know what, Buchanan, that sounds like a good idea, but I'm not going to do it. 
Like I just want to go in my, I want to, st- <laughs> what's sad is we're saying, I just want to stay overwhelmed, okay? I like the way this feels. <laughs> that's, that's a joke, okay? But there's been some things that you have not been willing to do for whatever reason. There, there's been some things that needed to change, but you weren't willing to do them. And what you're doing is you're saying, you know what, I'm going to continue just to take it on, grab the bull by the horns, and here we go. And in reality, what the best thing you can do is you need to give some stuff to God and you need to rest. You need to rest. And, and, and what's kind of interesting about this is that we have to, as much as, as, much as, as, much as the rest from the standpoint of the break and the, and the you know, sleep or whatever it may be like that, but in, in some ways is we need to give some things over to God because we have some limits so that we can rest. So that we can rest. So they work hand in hand, okay? Now here's what's really cool, and and I'm going to say this about next week. Um, This is next week in the morning, all right? Next week in the morning, um, for during both services, we we typically do this in the afternoon. We're going to do it um, on Sunday morning. We're having communion next week. Really excited about this, okay? Nine o'clock, eleven o'clock service. We're going to have communion. We're actually going to do communion more often this year, um, at least quarterly, because what I want to do is 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 communion is an opportunity for us to kind of step back and reflect. And remember that, hey, guess what? Jesus went to that cross. He died for my sins. His body was broken. His blood was shed. He got up three days later. And the only reason why, only way I'm able to do what I'm able to do today is not because of what I'm able to do. It's because of what he already did. And so this is a time where we can really come together next week in a restful, in a, in a very understanding our limit kind of way next week. Uh, I'm also really excited that we will be kicking off a brand new series next week, ne- next Sunday, brand new series of the year. And Lord willing, from, from the first Sunday in, in January till Easter, we're going to walk through the Gospels. And we're going to answer this question, who is this Jesus? We talk about him, right? We talk about him, but who really is this Jesus? And here's what's really cool about it. And, and Lord willing, this is what we're going to do, is not only we're going to look about who is this Jesus, but we're going to look at it through the disciples' eyes. I don't know about you, but it's hard for me to relate to Jesus because he's the son of God, okay? But I can relate to the disciples. And the disciples, their, their faith journey was very different. They went from come and see and having a lot of questions, a lot of fear, and all this kind of stuff to a point to where, you know what, we're, we're ready to die for you, okay? And even some of that, they were even challenged from that standpoint. So really excited about that, really excited about the new year, excited about we're, we're not having services this Wednesday, but the next Wednesday have a really cool um, um, Wednesday plan, uh, where I don't know about you, but I talked to several people. 2019 has been a booger. Can I get an amen? Okay, I shouldn't have said booger. Oh well, <laughs> it's been tough. <laughs> all right, some of y'all are like I got other words for it, Buchanan. All right, but 2019 for a lot of people has been a challenging year. Has been a real challenge. Like I'm not, I'm not saying that. Like some of y'all are like, oh, I thought I was the only one. You're not the only one. There's been a lot of people going through some challenges in 2019, and I don't know about you, but I'm ready to turn the page on 2019. I'm ready to move forward into 2020, and so that's the, the January 8th, the first Wednesday of, uh, uh, that we're going to be officially back together in, um, in the new year in 2020. Um, we're going to have a very special service for just to really kind of, okay, we're turning the page, and we're going to move forward, okay? So I'm really excited about what God is doing. I think this whole Overwhelm series, if I'm being completely honest, I think this Overwhelm series has been uh, trying at times, okay? Some of you are overwhelmed because now you finally realize it. And then also, I do think God has been trying, kind of trying our faith a little bit. 
to see, okay, are you going to actually put into place the things that we're talking to so you don't feel overwhelmed in 2020, okay? All right, everybody stand. Everybody stand. All right, here's what we're going to do. Um, this is our invitation.